Hello, hello. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Welcome aboard. Here we are on a Thursday evening. Thursday evening at Studio B, and it's going to be a good one. Indeed, it will be a good one. And I'm just uh, welcoming you now as I um, as I prep the as I prep the stage for the return of Jason Burmis. It's been a couple of months since we spoke with Jason, and he's going to be on the show. I mean, he he gave everybody a nice end of the year holiday wish a couple of weeks ago but uh, that's not the same as sitting down and having a one-on-one -on -one. well i've had him on the schedule here for a couple of weeks now and what do you know as it usually ends up being with this show we have a uh, perfectly timed series of events as uh jeffrey epstein and everything that surrounds his story has been one of many subjects that uh, Jason has put a lot of his time, his research powers into, his filmmaking powers into. And uh, so tonight, uh, instead of reading through uh, massive amounts of articles and doing things like that, I figure, hey, why not take advantage of a, uh, of a man who's done a lot of that work already for us, and we can just ask him questions. What do you see? What's missing, most importantly? That's the big thing. What is missing? What context is missing? What meat is missing from the bones? Are there any bones left? So that's what we're going to be doing tonight as we broadcast from Studio B. It's getting cozier over here. And tonight, the, the real reason why I'm here tonight at Studio B is because I'm testing out a small mini third, uh, third screen over here that I'll be able to divert all of my guest-related media to, and I, that'll free up the two in front of me. I just want to make sure that all works. And also because it's just the beginning of bad weather season over here in New York, and uh, I just want to make sure that uh, if there is sub-zero temperatures outside or slushy, sleet, messy crap coming our way, that uh, if I don't have to go to the studio, then why not just uh, stay home and not slip and slide all over the New York streets? So... That's what we're doing tonight on this Thursday evening, the fourth day of January 2024. And thank you to my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. BlueMonsterPrep.com, a fan favorite for a couple of years now and for all the more obvious reasons why. So you can get all of your prepping needs, that's your food, your radio, first aid, water filtration, all that stuff, everything for you, your pets, your fallback locations, BlueMonsterPrep.com. Use promo code FRANKLY. Get your your shipping taken off, and then you know jump into everything else: gold, silver, coffee. What else do you need? Aside from love, right? <laughs> I, I, we can't uh, we can't sell you love on the quite frankly affiliates page. Not yet, anyway. Not yet. So that's what we got tonight, and uh, let's just jump right into it, shall we? So tomorrow will be an open open play day. We'll see if uh, Matt is on with us. It's Friday. I think he might be able to. But, um, but yeah. All right. Into the grab bag we go. Now, this is a little bit of an interesting thing, especially for those of you out there who, are, uh, who tend to theorize that Prince William is the Antichrist. Interesting set of headlines have been proliferating a little bit the last 24 hours. 
King Charles faces calls to hand down crown to abdicate. What was he? Wasn't he coronated, coronated like less than a year ago? King Charles III has faced calls to one day abdicate and pass the throne to Prince William, less than a year after his historic coronation, the monarch, 75 years old, endured years of speculation that the crown would skip him in favor of the more popular son during the later years of Queen Elizabeth II's reign. 16 months after becoming king, the abdication of Queen Marguerite II of Denmark has prompted British news outlets to discuss whether or not he'll step down, paving the way for King William and Queen Catherine. So I don't... don't, uh, I don't know the psychological makeup, whether or not there's an abdication there, whose plan that is. But I thought that's interesting because what was it? Somebody had had said to me, Frank, that this is only going to be a seven year, a seven year prescription that the Queen, that Queen Elizabeth had only prescribed or hoped that uh, Charles would serve no longer than seven years. And uh, and then, of course, that's when we started talking about um, I, I didn't know that there was such a strong contingent of people who believe that Prince William was the Antichrist, including Clyde Lewis, who came on the show to talk about it or was on the show. Um, and we ended up talking about it because the Antichrist popped up. That was like a year, year and a half ago. So uh, that's a little something for the for the bird feeder. Here's something else you want to talk about crazy. Do you want to talk about the crazy that they keep pushing on people and what they want to try to, uh, what kind of, um, what kind of behavior that they want to draw out of everybody? This was tweeted out by Jack Posobiec not too long ago. Where is it? Here we go. Uh, Jack Smith, the prosecutor who is pretty much behind so much of what's going on with Trump at the DOJ right now, uh, he says uh, he warns that if Trump is reelected, He could use the State of the Union address, the State of the Union address, to incite his supporters to kill opposing opposition. Uh, The the, the opposition, political opposition. So pretty much politicians in the the Democrat party. Serious, this is for real. Now, obviously, it's nonsense, but it's very scary. Some people say, oh, my gosh, that's so, so, so terrifying. Trump can't be allowed to be president. Those people are hopeless fools the fact that jack smith is putting something like this out there to a country of an increase ever increasing population subset of mentally disturbed um drugged up lunatics that's the disturbing thing take a listen to this we'll just do it again from the fire hold on a second i want to make sure this gets nice and loud and I like the uh, the audio controls I have at home. Soon I'll have at the studio. Remember, uh, a lot of big, big technology day is going to be at the studio on Saturday morning. We'll just read again from the filing, because this could be right out of a political thriller. Quote, the nation would have no recourse to deter a president from inciting his supporters during a State of the Union address to kill opposing lawmakers to ensure that he remains in office unlawfully. We'll just read again. Now, now, think about that. Just think about that. To put that out to the public, think about what you must. You need to first think of the American public, or to the at least the demographic that you're really trying to market yourself to. The man we all hate may use the the 
State of the Union to urge supporters to kill politicians who, and then, of course, who will obey. Who will obey? It'll be like Seasons of the Witch where everybody's watching television and all of a sudden a look glaze they just be, they're like remote controlled at that point and all to make sure that he cannot ever leave office again he can maintain office unlawfully that all he needs to do is get his supporters to kill his political opposition and there will be nothing stopping him from being Xi Jinping can you just the the stupidity the stupidity that they are playing to, if anybody thinks that's plausible, think about the um, dangerous levels of stupidity. You would actually have to be the people that Jack Smith is pretending Trump supporters by and large are to be able to watch a State of the Union and then take orders to kill, whether it be overt or subliminal, to take those orders and go out and act on it. You actually have to be that level of stupid to accept this warning as serious. So it's all very ironic and, of course, more and more projection. So that's that's uh, just a, a little something else for you. Of course, this is only day four of 2024. Uh, and then we have we have so much more. So much more. But we're going to be talking about Jeffrey Epstein tonight. With um, with Jason Burmis, especially the gaslighting that's going on right now. This one was from MSNBC. Why it won't matter that Jeffrey Epstein client list is bound to be a letdown. Epstein was a true monster, but conspiracy theorists are not always interested in the actual facts of his many real crimes. And this is why you have to be very careful about what you they bait you with. What the hell are they actually going to put on out there? What? They know that there's something bad. And they know that the the best way that they have to survive, they, everybody that's involved. Because just remember about everything that has been, think about, think about the work that was tried to be done at places like ABC with Amy Robach uh, that was killed, the, the all the projects that were killed because they didn't want to uh, disturb the Clinton campaign in 2016, or uh, Vanity Fair. There's so many things going on here. It's a full court press when it comes to protecting the real nature of the the power hierarchy in the world or competing hierarchies um and when you go into the the articles like this it really is the gaslighting everything we spoke about last night the gaslighting the red herrings it's just reductio ad absurdum reduce it to the most absurd point you can make so that it can be just written off Create your straw man, walk away. That's what Pizzagate became. And who knows what happens tonight, how we talk about things tonight. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, all that and more just coming up next. So don't go anywhere. In fact, I just tweeted and truth and gabbed everything out for you. So if you can go and please hit that share button, bring people along for the ride. The full two hours uninterrupted will be on quitefrankly.tv, powered by pilled.net and foxhole. So if you want to switch over there, you can, so you don't have to do it later on. But until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We're going to have uh, Jason Burmas joining us right after this. So don't go anywhere. Are you a Chicken McNugget? No. <laughs>
You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! So how did that work out? Nice, good. Okay, so the sound, I, I, I'm if that was a little bit low at first. Uh, my apologies. I'm really just trying to fine tune things over here, and I had a little bit of a, um, I had a little bit of a technological hiccup on Christmas Eve when we did our Christmas Eve broadcast. I don't know what made it so that made the the mic so hot back then. It was just popping all over the place, but it seems like everything's under control tonight. All the audio signals seem pretty steady and anyway that's what we have lined up for this evening a lot of craziness a lot of craziness and as i said before why wouldn't it matter that the jeffrey epstein client list is bound to be a letdown well what is it about those letdowns you know i i think that they nobody wants people to be excited about justice that is so uh, has been buried so deep under so many levels of obfuscation and lies and cover-ups. Uh, nobody is is more excited about, you know, people wanting there to be some justice than those who have been covering it up. Because whenever nothing uh, happens and people overreact and they say, hey, on January 2nd, we're going to get everything. We got you, Chrissy Teigen and John Le- uh, John Legend. It's We're coming for you. It, they love that stuff because what what are we really going to get? I don't know. There's maybe there is some really great stuff to focus in on, but um, it's going to be a little bit harder than that, my friends. A little bit harder than that. Um, just trying to make sure that I stay on top of everything here. Uh, and you can also send over some super chats. We're going to get to those all throughout the evening, and I really hope that uh, that that you you take part in that because I love we got we had a lot of great super chats last night, and it almost took over the show as far as all the 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 side conversations that were started. Love that kind of stuff. The names of the people who were previously sealed sealed on as a John or a Jane Doe. Seventy seven of them. Now, obviously. You have Virginia Roberts. You have Ghislaine Maxwell. You have um, a few other, you know, Prince Andrew. But there's a lot of other people that you say, what are these names? Where they come from? And you have to remember, not all of them are victims. Not all of them are abusers. Uh, Johns or anything like that. They uh, There's a lot of just people involved in the investigation, lawyers, things like that. So I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of deep diving into this stuff to see where um, where it all goes from there. But 
the the untold story is the story that is that's going to be most shocking to people and the evidence for that is all over the place the issue is that there's so much power concentrated in media and government and everywhere else that they've had a really fantastic time making it seem like all these uh these these rings that have popped up whether we're talking about finders or franklin mcmartin Fox Island. I mean, it goes all over the place. Even just what was what was getting dug up in Utah about a year and a half ago at this point. That kind of stuff is always made to seem like they are just individual points on a grid that have no connection to anything else. They happen in a vacuum, and that's all. There's nothing that connects the continents. Um, Epstein has nothing to do with Nexium. Nexium has nothing to do with the other thing. It's uh, it's just one of those incredible power moves that we have to deal with all the time. Um, here's a super chat that just came in from Nasty Coos. Said, hey, Frank, John McLean, uh, John McLean tossed a body out a window to get attention of LAPD. Sending illegal aliens north is the South saying, welcome to the party, pal. Sergeant Stevie Wonder got personality involved only after his police cruiser was destroyed. Um... Oh, personally involved. Uh, well, if you're talking about, the, yeah, you're talking about sending things upward. Well, I, again, welcome to the party. You have a, you have a duty to seal off the border. Every state has a duty to protect their borders, whether it be uh, protect their borders, uh, you know, that join another state that have something terrible going on there that they want to isolate themselves from another state of the union or from a national boundary, an international boundary. That's what I'm saying. Um, I think, you know, you send all the uh, illegal aliens you want up here. You can send them a thousand miles northeast so that they will just then uh, move around at will to wherever the hell they want afterwards. Or maybe a couple of dozen miles south to the international boundary and then seal up the border. The federal government is abdicating its its responsibility to defend the nation. So border states need to do that. And this whole, this media gamesmanship is really just accelerationism. And if that's the, if that's the thing, if, uh, if, if, you know, uh, Greg Abbott is, if that's what he wants to do, if he wants to accelerate this to the point where he helps hasten uh, the collapse of cities and all that other stuff through illegal, uh, mig- I mean, that's, I don't agree with it, but at least, at least if that is a an, uh, a stated goal, then fine. But you know, this is what they want. It, 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 uh, it, that's making uh, things a little bit hard for people like Eric Adams in New York, because he's the one holding the hot potato at this point. Uh, it makes things a little bit hard for him, and it's a little bit more of a, of a PR disaster. But you know that the overall goal is Cloward Piven economically. Uh, Population-wise, they want a population collapse simultaneously happening along the time uh, along the same timeline as a migration uh, flood. That's uh, that's what they want. So I mean, I I get it, you know, I get it. I I just I was over the uh, I was over the the one-upsmanship on on illegal immigrant um, smuggling from the border a long long time ago. And yeah, I live around it. And yeah, so do you guys down there. If you're a border state, nobody sees it 
worse than you do, but uh, I'm very, very much inland, and I, 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 you would think that the Mexican border is a mile south of me, but it's, it's not. It's 2,000 miles away. All right, so thank you, Nasty Coos. It's good to have you out there. Let's see here. 925YLG says, Abbott is Bush. That is from, um, that's from Rumble. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had I had the uh, a little bit of a, a volume issue there. But that's what we have. Joe M., God bless the Franklies. I agree. I agree. So I'm still waiting for... Uh, Jason Burmis over here. I was supposed to have him on 10 minutes ago. So something must be up. To be quite frank with you. Wait. No. Yeah, I don't know. Let me do something. Let me go and check. Let me go check what's going on. I'm going to go on on my break a little bit early. I hope this buys me just enough time, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Quite Frankly. Uh, Let's go back to a uh, first-time caller line and see what the hell's happening. Chi-Town, you there? Fourteen hours an hour. Shytown. Hello. 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 All right, I got you. All right, hold on. Let me get you a D left. Can you hear me? Yeah, but it's a mess. It's a real mess. Sorry. Yeah, I'm at work. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to do that some other time. You can't call me from a kitchen. At a at a at a at a restaurant. That's you can't do that. I I can't wait to take your call again, Shy Town. But you can't call me from the the kitchen at a uh, at a diner. That's just. <laughs> what? A, oh man! I'm trying. I'm trying to hold it together for you guys and gals tonight. My. Broadcast OCD is being tested so severely, severely tested tonight. What is up, guys? Mike Collins here from Wandering Wolf Productions at Easter Island, and you are watching, quite frankly. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so that that was a little bit, uh, I don't know what the hell happened over here, but we just got it figured out. Jason, do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you, brother. I'm sorry about that. I've been waiting for 10 minutes, too. I was wondering what was going I, on. I had no clue what's going on here. But listen, it's it's uh, it's great to have you. And, of course, you know, I'm I'm testing a lot of things at home, and I think we got a great setup. Welcome back to the show. I hope the new year is treating you well. It is, man. I hope so for you as well. Uh, obviously, a lot of talk about these new uh, Epstein documents, many of which are not new. And so far, even though literally um, 15 minutes ago they released more documents, and I'll get to what that means in a moment, uh, it's at least bringing people uh, to the realization, I think, at least the ones that follow at least Alex Jones and uh, props to InfoWars for giving me like the last three days to try to explain this to people. There is no list. 
Okay. Uh, there is no client list. He was not in a sense, taking money from people and then pimping them out. What he did do was he compromised people through blackmail, through photographs, uh, through hidden videos. He had all sorts of associates in uh, arms dealing, in the fashion industry, in the banking industry as well. And what we're fi finding out now are more of the names of those involved, both on the inside and the outside. And really the documentation, uh, you know, a lot of people have tried to come down on Donnie T. And look, I don't think Donnie T is any saint, uh, but these do documents, at least uh, the ones that have been released, really, really make him look like an angel in his relationship to Epstein, especially uh, in regards to other people like Bill Clinton and, of course, Prince Andrew and, uh, of course, others that you're hearing less about, but Ahud Barak is another big name on there, Leon Black, uh, Bill Richardson, who passed away last year. They're uh, regurgitating his name. Uh, Copperfield is another one you're seeing in headlines, but that name was already out there. In fact, just to show everybody uh, what has been out there the last five or six years, uh, if you guys want lists, I would tell you to go to the intelligentsia first. This is New York Mag. And literally, they do the contacts A to Z from Woody Allen all the way down to everybody that was in that black book. There's Alec Baldwin. You know, <clears throat> there's Steve Bannon. Bannon has those interviews uh, with him. You, you could go on for quite some time. Sandy Berger, there's a name uh, that we could also get into. Sandy Berger was actually caught taking classified documents out of not, uh, a 9-11 out of secure locations and stuffing them down, them down his pants, okay? Mm. So less than a year ago, other names came out through uh, documentation. And once again, props to New York Mag. Uh, we went over a lot of these over on uh, Alex Jones's show today. But if you take a look at this, You've got uh, Vera Wang, Naomi Campbell. She had been in the Black Book, also in the flight log. Shows you the fashion industry. RFK Jr. has uh, recently had to comment on his relationship with Epstein and how his ex-wife had a rather extensive relationship with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. More modern tech moguls, such as Sergey Brin, and later you could talk about uh, Peter Thiel, which we did on this as well. Uh, Bill Gates, of course, Ahud Barak, etc. Now, the question is, and, and as I stated before, uh, Frank, I, I do want to let people know that uh, yet another batch, and these have been coming all day, has just been released. Uh, Daily Mail, Mail reporting on it, but courtlistener.com uh, will really give it away because uh, basically it updates at every moment that they have to put out new documentation. That was 7.04 Eastern time. So literally 21 minutes ago, folks, more documents have dropped. I see the media still trying to focus on a list, subvert uh, the talk to the QAnon sense and conspiracy theories, uh, focus on uh, fake people such as Jimmy Kimmel. And even uh, on the Internet right now, you'll see this fake screenshot of one of the victims supposedly being asked about Kimmel. It's not real, everybody. It's just like all those emails and posts you got about unlocking the WikiLeaks and oh my goodness, uh, they finally put these documents out. No, all the WikiLeaks have always been quote unquote unlocked and available. All this stuff is here. So uh, really, <clears throat> as I predicted days before this happened, uh, we've seen just 
a lot more of the same with more confirmation. What do I mean? Well, we already knew Bill Clinton had uh, met with Epstein on numerous occasions, flown on the plane over 20 times. One of those was a trip to Africa with Kevin Spacey. And um, man, uh, the actor's name is eluding me, but uh, he's the other guy in Friday. Um, so we knew about that, but now we get the, he likes some young comment. Okay. He likes, that's what the media is glomming on. Bill Clinton, he likes some young. They're not glomming onto the fact that we have claims from Jeffrey Epstein in writing from his lawyers, including Dershowitz, that he helped build the global, uh, I'm sorry, the Clinton Global Initiative. They bragged about that. Absolutely. And that's a bigger deal. Uh, obviously, some of the other people that are named in this are people like Jess Staley, uh, who previously we knew about. Why? Because Jess Staley, J.P. Morgan, the Virgin Islands in particular, were all involved in lawsuits with victims and then suing each other. And guess what? Those are the ones that have been settled now into the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay? So, so we've got banking. Uh, when I talked about Prince Andrew today, let's show this uh, to your audience, because a lot of people think, oh, he's just a royal. Um, that's that's what was really going on. No, that was part of what was going on. But what's really going on with a guy like Prince Andrew, we talked about banking, right? Well, how about Goldman Sachs <laughs> and Libyan gun running? All right. People have to realize Prince Andrew's role in that family and in the UK was to be their largest arms dealer. Here's just a $1.3 million payment. And it's actually in a piece that's trying to uplift Prince Andrew. Arms and weapons were a particular area of interest for the prince. Wherever he went, arms deals would seem to follow. In 2009 and 10, he made a series of trips to Yemen, which were immediately followed by arms sales. In 2010, he attended the Farnborough International Arms Fair, a major showcase for the UK arms industry. While there, he met with senior representatives from Jordan, Malaysia, and Indian Defense Ministries. Boy, now, boy. why is that? Oh, yeah, boy. Yes. I'm very, 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 very busy. Very busy, people. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, again, so so let, let's talk about this for a second, Frank. This is really how it works. It's not, hey, I'm selling girls to Prince Andrew. No, I'm hobnobbing and supplying these girls to Prince Andrew to get a taste of the arms trade that's being facilitated and the bank money laundering that's being facilitated. And at the same time, I'm compromising individuals by this sex trade. So a lot of people forget this also, Frank, but it's so key to understanding how this network actually worked. Um, they forget that Alexander Acosta who was the guy who gave the sweetheart deal to Epstein all the way back in the Miami days, if people can remember that and go that, that far back. Mm -hmm. Well, at that time period, Frank, Epstein had cut a deal with the FBI. Now, from what we know, Our eyewitness screen. accounts, it's Epstein was reported to the NYPD and FBI, according to Maria Farmer. And remember, her sister, Annie Farmer, is one of the people that actually won in court recently, all the way back in 1996. But we do know for certain in 2008, when this deal was cut with Epstein, somebody up here says approved by blanked out, drafted by blanked out, contact blanked out. But we know that Epstein has also provided information to the FBI as agreed upon. 
Case agent at, uh, advised that no federal prosecution will occur in this matter as long as Epstein continues to uphold his agreement with the state of Florida. So Epstein cut a deal with the FBI. This is part of that deal. And it was reported on that he cut that deal because he was told Epstein is intelligence, and this is beyond your pay grade. Now, in July of uh, 2019, July 10th. I remember, I, I, re I remember the resignation. I remember this, this line of questioning. In fact, yeah, so it, it was going to be the last question he answered. And then after he got asked it, he had to ask, he had to answer a few more just to wipe the taste out of his mouth. So what you're looking at right there, we're not going to play it because oh, play it. No, it's perfect. Oh, oh, oh unless you have the unless you have the, the exact location of the. I, I have the quote, so we're going to get to that okay. in a second. Also, have him resigning. Um, but but essentially, he had to do this press conference, which was an hour long. Which you are correct. Okay, he is directly asked uh, right here. Uh, we're going to read what his response is. If if Epstein was an intelligence asset, and he dances around the question. So there has been reporting to that effect. And let me say, there's been a report to a lot of effects in this case. Uh, not just now, but over the years. And again, I would I would hesitate to take this reporting as fact. So again, he doesn't answer yes or no. Hmm. And then he says, this was a case that was brought by our office. This was a case that was brought based on the facts. And I look at the reporting and others. I can't address it directly because of our guidelines. Now, as much as he danced around that question, just like you told him, he was arm in arm, 48 hours later, resigning next to Donald Trump. So, so that should tell people a lot. And when they were talking about his intelligence connections, she also alluded, and this is going to bring it full circle to the arms trade, that he was involved with a guy named Adnan Khashoggi. Well, Adnan Khashoggi is a notorious arms dealer. And this really does connect all the way back to that Iran-Contra network that was also connected to a guy named Bill Barr that just so happened to be the head of the Justice Department when Epstein finally does get arrested and uh, doesn't kill himself twice, Frank. Right, right. You know, hey, let me ask you this, because now we're starting to get into, and I want to be able to jump around a little bit here, but we're starting to get into the whole idea of the power structure. And, you know, we, we go and we often talk about and use these colloquial terms like the cabal, uh, the deep state. But it, that usually lends itself to this idea that we are talking about a singular, roving mass of power. And what I usually uh, end up checking myself on is when we start seeing that there's like, you know, principalities that are that are at play here, that there are sometimes uh, strange bedfellows that are made enemies and 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 allies and all that. So I, I wanted to know about, first of all, Jeffrey Epstein, how indispensable does is this one person, do you believe? How indispensable do you think this one person is to the operation? Then we can talk about the operation at hand. Do you ever, you ever speculate on, on that? Because some people say, oh, he was a pawn that was he's obviously easily disposed of other people believe that he was indispensable and is not actually dead so uh where do you go with all this i would go somewhere in the middle okay okay uh, i think that obviously he is dead uh but i would think obviously he was obviously part of a larger program 
Um, this was kind of a blueprint. Remember, he was in that fashion industry. And for those that think that he wasn't at all in the financial industry, he was. And, and this is also documented. This is what brought him into with Les Wexner, who's also in the fashion industry. And I will get into the fashion industry in just a second. But I want people to understand he was part of uh, Towers Financial, which is a large Ponzi scheme in Wall Street. He was making all sorts of connections in universities such as MIT, such as Harvard at the time. And Stephen J. Hoffenberg, uh, who was giving interviews, actually doing a ton of interviews before he died, after he got out of jail from that Ponzi scheme. And basically, he says he never brought his partner. And he says Epstein was his best friend. He was his partner in the whole thing. Uh, he was a very intelligent guy. Um, so, so there's definitely a management level there, right? But he was scared to go against him because of his uh, political allies. Obviously, Clinton would be uh, one of those political allies. Now, whether or not he also had blackmail on uh, Hoffenberg, uh, you know, that could be the case. That was never proven one way or another. But then you look at uh, Wexner, for instance. Wexner has served no time. He's kind of been exonerated, and he gave Epstein supposedly total control of all of his assets. And let's not forget that Manhattan townhouse. I guess it, it, there are other reports that it wasn't a dollar, but it was $10. The, the, the townhouse which they raided, which shows a plethora of evidence, and let's get into that, was actually given to him by Wexner, and Wexner is not in prison. Okay, so they found a bunch of these Maxter hard drives. It was just brought to my attention, hey, that evidence tape was actually on the Maxter hard drives prior to this. So that means in some investigation that we haven't been told about, or maybe the Miami one, they had access to these hard drives and what was on them. Now, we also have the safe right here uh, with valuables. It also had pictures that we have never seen. It also had his passport uh, that had been expired in which he had a false identity and a Saudi Arabian address. And right here, what we're looking at are burned DVDs, some uh, labeled as photographs, others as audio video shoots with uh, women's names on them. So again, we have all this. Forget about a list. What's on that? Now, it's that mansion that, again, Wexner is heavily connected to that Maria Farmer says she was brought into the surveillance room that was manned. In other words, there were people at Whoa! In the kiosks. Oh, I'm sorry. I just by, I, by accident I just I just hit some media over here that scared the shit out of me. Okay, go back. <laughs> I just scared the shit out of myself. I'm sorry. So go hey. back to restart what we were just saying. I was talking about this mansion where all of that evidence. And by the way, that evidence um, we also have the binders. Uh, let, let's show people that that they that was so secretive. Uh, whatever was in these binders that they blacked out what was written on them or shown, or if there was like a photograph, okay? Think about how thick each each one of those binders is yeah. about as thick as a phone book. So this looks like the blackmail material and, and confirmation of the blackmail material, yet we only saw those photographs in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial from the raid in New York, which apparently, allegedly, also had this secret room with all these videos that also seem to be uh, possibly in that. But we've never seen what's on them. That's the bigger story that the FBI has known this for a while. Now, when I was talking about new contacts as well, I do want to point out one of the other people that Epstein was uh, meeting with allegedly 
up until 2014 was William Burns, the CIA director right now. Hmm. <laughs> I fool. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, so to say there's no intelligence connections here is absolutely absurd. And, and then, you know, to kind of talk about all the different things, you know, we talked about the uh, Clinton Global Initiative. Well, he also placed himself in all sorts of different charities that spanned um, celebritards such as uh, Elton John and his AIDS foundation. Remember, Elton John has some pretty sketchy allegations against him as well. All the way to those universities, you know, Marvin Minsky is now making his way uh, into the conversation because he's in the documents, but he's MIT. Remember, MIT is also with Boston Dynamics, also works with DARPA. Then we have Harvard, and Harvard has been a hotbed uh, for grooming U.S. intelligence assets uh, for decades. In fact, through some of uh, Epstein's charitable work, because he also, because people have to understand, Epstein was a hardcore pedophile, okay? <laughs> he needed to be serviced several times a day. Like like him sharing was kind of part of the gig, and we'll, we'll get to that be, uh, in controlling other people. But when he didn't have those around them, he had his own lodge at, um, you know, the uh, prestigious art camp for kids that he was donating to, Okay. Mm. through uh the New York City alumni situation. So see these are these are the things these are the th these are the uh the roots and the uh the tentacles of the story that a lot of people don't get. That's why I wanted to have you on right now. And I know that you had been doing some deep dives recently on on Infowars so I knew it all would be fresh even though it's always fresh for you. Um I got a it's crazy because you know just going back to the blackmail, the the leverage, the evidence tapes. Uh the the, the cartridges just of of memory who the hell knows what's going on there we we did a big breakdown on operation leap year which is what of course is that that is that that federal and state combination investigation that was going on that not only started in florida but included new york zorro ranch the caribbean uh that is what acosta was was a part of and of course was had it all snuffed out by a higher power, I'd have to imagine it was the higher power that made people like the McCains so scared. Like when Cindy McCain said that, we don't know why this guy was so untouchable. Nobody wanted to go after him. Well, I, I, it should be pretty obvious. But when you think about that, this stuff is still in the, the, the feds are still in possession of this evidence. And here we are, people on the ground level that are growing more and more curious about what the hell is going on. And instead we're being, uh, we're being fed to the media. We're being defamed as QAnon conspiracy theorists, this and that. Meanwhile, we know the feds have evidence they're not given out and we keep chasing our tails about flight logs and lists. And uh, it, 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 so as long as we keep looking like nut jobs and they, they can just sit on top of this, this nest of evidence and, and, uh, and that's it. They're really just depriving everybody of the truth. 100%. And we have to come to this realization. You know, one of the reasons I like Vivek Ramaswamy is he says he's going to cut the government in at least half day one, just fire half the people. I think that's a brilliant job. Uh, do it indiscriminately. Take away half their outward power and then start going in. And, and we do need, quote unquote, full disclosure. You know, one of the things that I've paralleled this with is people have to understand 
that they also were sitting on the Wiener laptop, and we've never gotten that evidence. Never. And then I showed people that when Wiener was convicted of Snapchatting and Skyping and sexting uh, an underage girl uh, at 15 years old, it wasn't from that laptop, although I'm sure that laptop would have at least had traces of this evidence on that, even if he didn't use that one directly to contact that girl. It was her information. She provided the screenshots and the videos and the emails. Now, we also know, uh, and this is in uh, not only FBI documents, but in the Mueller report itself. Remember, Robert Mueller would have been the head of the FBI when Epstein cut that deal. We'll get to that in a moment. But you look at this, and during that time, it, the Mueller laptop actually relays the fact that people in the NYPD said that they saw all sorts of signs of uh, you know, trafficking and uh, abuse of children, and they didn't understand why there wasn't a forensics unit there yet to investigate. That's on the record. You know, whether something happened to those guys after the facts, we've seen those reports, but that's on the record. And Mueller himself was brought in literally just before 9-11. And he, he was at, at the height of the cover-up crew with the then, I believe, deputy director, who was Michael Shertoff, and would become the head of Homeland Security. Another fun fact about Robert Mueller is he was basically coming up in the Justice Department right around the same time as Bill Barr was coming up in the Justice Department and about to be named the uh, youngest uh, attorney general under George Herbert Walker Bush. So those guys worked on a, a lot of things together. And, you know, I think I said this on your show uh, way back in the day uh, about the Mueller report uh, is that everybody kind of got what they wanted. Right. You you had uh, no collusion with Russia on Trump, but then that open ended door. Yep. And you still had the narrative that somehow Julian Assange was a tool of the pootster, poot poot. And, you know, the Russians still hacked the election. So you, you, you had this continuing false narrative that both sides would parrot or puppet when there was so much more to that incident. And, and because of that, the same thing is going on with these Epstein documents. Now, I'm encouraging people to go to courtlistener.com or get the Pacer account. And by the way, the mainstream media is little, literally doing articles telling you not to do this. Uh, they're saying, my keyword searches for a list aren't going to find it. You know, you can't do that. You got to have an idea of what you're looking for. But if you know certain universities, if you know certain dates, if you're looking for specific people, we do need you on these documents. And, and I think that we're going to see, uh, you know, this whole dump aside from the, excuse me, the documentation regarding, I believe it's Jane Doe 107. I, I think we're going to get all of it uh, by the week's end, the way it's coming out right now. So uh, and now's the time, everybody sink your teeth in. There's plenty too. you know, you brought up Julian Assange and I was going to ask you, uh, I was going to bring him up. Uh, eventually in this this discussion might as well just do it right now but do you have any information on his current condition because you know if it if it weren't for him who knows if we would have ever had read those podesta emails um it, it, that was so huge especially the podesta emails so huge when it comes to really understanding really understanding the the depravity the depths of it in the mainstream nature of this kind of uh 
this this sick country club mentality where human life is really just transactional and uh, a form of currency. And I, um, you know, they, they, they do a lot of a lot of really hard work in the media, reducing this to the most absurd claims, most absurd stories that you can tell. Uh, we already we already know what the uh, the Pizzagate story had been reduced to, um, so it just became worthless to even talk about in public. And then there was also just little thing like like um, I think you might have even brought this up too, but I remember I remember um, I remember uh, what's her name, Megan Kelly, sitting down with James Elephantis, and. And just today, I was on with a couple of buddies of mine for a, a show at four o'clock, and they brought up a recent video from Megyn Kelly, got teasing, teasing something about Jeffrey Epstein that's coming out. And I'm like, and a lot, some people were getting really excited. Like, what was there to be excited about? This, this woman sat down with somebody like, if she were going to sit down with somebody like James Elephantis and and um, pretty much. Uh, toss some softballs and put the whole put everything to bed and and make sure everybody knows that uh that there's there's nothing to that whole story in dc and what in the people that are involved which has to have major overlap to what's going on with uh with uh jeffrey epstein then what are you ever really going to get out of the the media like that you know it's just to, to know what work they've done in the past everybody wants to have a piece of the pie but not too big of a piece because they don't want to be the ones to take this whole damn thing down well, I think they're selfish. Uh, I think they're career driven. I think they're phony. I think they're entertainers. And, and I'm not that person. So, you, you know, you mentioned Alephantis and, uh, you know, the Pizzagate and Q nonsense that that's all been lumped together now. And so has anything with high level um, human trafficking has now been lumped into that. And they'll even have like a sidewinder of white supremacy. So they end up having all of their talking points. But, but this is what they'll never do. You know, you mentioned Podesta and the emails, and this is the one that I continue to go to. Now, this is actually an exchange, I think, all the way back in, geez, let's look at it. When is it? It is August 10th, 2018. So, um, you know, quite five and a half years ago. Geez, time flies. And the New York Times had contacted me, and uh, they basically wanted to do a hit piece on Alex Jones. So Emily Steele, who still works there, says, Jason, hi, my name is Emily Steele, and I'm a reporter with the New York Times. I'm working on an article about InfoWars and Alex Jones. I was interested in talking to you about your experiences there. Could you please give me a call? Uh, I'm on ba 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 Many thanks, Emily. And I told them, I'd be more than happy to talk uh, with you as soon as your publication addresses this email to John Podesta, in which he is going to a farm to be entertained by three small children ages 7, 9, and 11 in a heated pool. I anxiously await your response, which was never. And, and so let's just read from the e email so people can understand. Now, I'm not even going to make any kind of claims about what this means. I'm going to ask some questions after the email. And I think uh, your viewers are going to have some common sense. Now, this is an email addressed to Podesta and others. All right, we're going to start right here. I am popping up again, to share our excitement about the reprise of our gang's visit to the farm in Lovettsville. And I thought I'd share a couple uh, more notes. We plan to heat the pool. So a swim is a possibility. Bonnie will be Uber service to transport Ruby, Emerson, and Maeve Lozado, 11, 9, and almost 7. So you'll have some further entertainment 
and they will be in that pool for sure. Now, first of all, you don't Uber children with somebody that are not teenagers. That, that's number one, okay? Then you don't specifically give out their ages in a normal situation and assure people that this, as their entertainment, is going to be in a heated pool, and they'll be in that pool for sure. If alarm bells aren't ringing out of your head when reading something like that, you're just you're either totally lost or you're a disingenuous loser. Oh, and it's only it's only the tip of the iceberg too. When you see people in these emails talk about eating certain types of foods for very specific amounts of time, uh, think think it, it's just anybody who's honest, anybody who's honest that doesn't have a it doesn't have a a loyalty to some ridiculous political faction or to some fantasy world is uh i don't know i don't know how else they can they can see this or or not at least have their curiosity peaked and say you know what when there's smoke we got to figure out where the fire is and what the nature of the fire is how the hell did it happen i mean it's just it's just crazy it's all right there and again like i said before cuz i got off track a little bit there but julian assange uh i don't know how we read these emails without WikiLeaks at the time. He was a free man at the or a free-ish man at the time. Um, what can you tell us about Julian Assange's current condition? Because for all we know, he's still physically alive, and there's always a, a little bit of an update from time to time about whether or not he's going to be extradited here and there. But obviously, if he has his mental faculties intact, he's still a pretty dangerous man. Well, uh, the truth of the matter is that, you know, you had that Tucker Carlson visit, I think, about six weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure if he was even able to sit down with Assange or interview him in any manner. He was with Assange's wife, so I do believe they were at least able to visually see him. He's not doing well. And the fact of the matter is he's on his final appeal. And I've actually, uh, over the last several months, uh, talk to people who are actually involved in the case, have done uh, documentary films. And this final appeal um, is a rather minute one. Uh, they're going to get about a half an hour to talk to the judge and present their case. And if this final appeal is denied, he will be extradited to the United States. And I do want to remind people that that extradition is going into a court system in D.C. that has a hundred percent. 100% conviction rate, because now I'm hearing pundits um, trying to go, well, you know, what they're doing to him is absolutely awful, but if they dare to bring him to the United States, it's going to fail because the case just won't, it, there, there is no, he's not, there's no espionage case there. Are, are people paying attention to the injustice system right now? There's a lot of people out there that don't believe they're putting Trump in jail. I'm not one of them. I think Trump goes to jail this year, everybody. I think the uh, country changes irrevocably. Uh, I don't want to be right. I would rather be wrong. Um, but again, when you've let a system rot for so long, when this information we're talking about, about that Epstein network is so out there and in the open, and yeah, we're using mainstream articles, right? But it's here and there, you get a taste of the truth and you've got to put it all together so you can get the true picture amongst a buffet of lies yes. and misdirection and memes about client lists, right? No, they have video evidence. They've had it for decades. The guy was an intelligence asset. It looks like the Mossad. It looks like the FBI, possibly the CIA, maybe even British intelligence. And then you have the roots 
of Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, who literally was a propagandist, a media manipulative tool, who indeed was also an intelligence asset with British and, of course, um, Israeli intelligence. You know, you're talking about pieces. Before I brought you on, before I knew that you were sitting in some lobby somewhere waiting to get on, um, I was I was pretty much alluding to that. You know, you think about something like Finders, um, Epstein, Maxwell, the Franklin scandal, uh, McMartin School, Nexium. Uh, these are always there. They are there. They are. <laughs> let me get let me get that full screen. These are always things that are are uh, pawned off as unfortunate aberrations that certainly don't connect to something larger and something systemic. Dare I say? But uh, but that that's what we really get when when you there's so much of it out there. And it's so large that it just bubbles over into the into the the uh, the, the public sphere. Um, after a few years, it's very easy to put to, if you're semi-conscious. It's very easy to put together a, uh, a a thumbnail sketch of what really may be going on behind this very thin veil that we call reality. And then um, I, I would love to talk to you about that. Would you be able to stay on past the intermission for a few minutes? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, I'd love to. I'm going to put you on mute. We're going to take you by past uh, intermission. And what I want to talk to you when we get back to to roll to uh, end the show tonight is about the the power structure in the world. How multipolar is it? Because, like I said before, we tend to slip into this this habit of referring to the cabal or the deep state, the singular unit that is out there, and just you know calling on all of its affiliate uh, groups and affiliate. Uh, corporations and stuff like that to bring about their agenda 2030 end to the um, to what used to be a semi-democratic world. But um, I want to know just how multipolar you believe it is, if there is a, a central power to it all, or if it really is uh, factions keeping themselves in semi-orbit with the blackmail that they're leveraging each other with. We'll hold that to the other end. Jason Burmis is my guest. I love when he's on. We're kicking off a new year with him, and uh, we will be back in just a second. So, ladies and gents, follow us over. We are at uh, quitefrankly.tv or pilled.net. It's powered by Pilled. That link is in the description below. I tweeted it all out. It just two clicks on over. There's no paywall. paywall. This show in its entirety, including this interview, will be clipped out and hosted all over the place by the time this calendar day ends. So don't worry about that. But in the meantime, there's nothing like hanging out with us live. Come on over to the website. It's very, very simple. And I hope that you follow suit. It's going to be great. And then after Jason gets off with us, we're going to be opening up the lines and we have plenty of things to uh, to compliment this with. So don't go anywhere. Be right back. The rest of the show is available exclusively at pill.net. Follow the link in the description of the episode. Get signed up. It's that easy. Or head on over to quitefrankly.tv. Just press play. No paywalls, no censorship, no strings attached. So head on over, quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole and pilled.net. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to Intermission. 
side of the intermission and we have brought over with us to the other side Jason Burmis. It's January 4th and man, it is already hot and sizzling year, ain't it Jason? It is and I predict this year to be one of the most unpredictable and really most eventful in the sense that this could literally change our country and world culture forever, uh, depending on what happens in the 2024 uh, election, if we even have an election to begin with, depending on whether or not, and I think it's a foregone conclusion, they actually put Trump in prison. So yeah, this is a a big year. Um, We're about, you know, a little under 11 months from that election day or right around, actually 10 months, right? It's the first month. Yeah. Yeah. Right around the corner, brother. Well, you know, so, you know what you're talking about there. If you you're talking, I I understand that people have already gone through this and said if uh, if Donald Trump were to be in jail, uh, serving some kind of a sentence or at least being held without bond or bail uh, at the time of the election, that he could still be elected president. So uh, if they obviously they're trying to do one bigger than that and actually get him removed from the ballot itself. If he is disqualified from running for president, it is effectively a canceled election because then, you know, the forerun the, the forerunner, I mean, that the only candidate that is really uh, res- has a resounding, um, uh, I don't know, a support base, is being taken away, and then of course there's everything. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot. It doesn't have to just be a. A, a situation where on election night there's just no place to go and cast a vote for the election to be canceled. Uh, we know that there were. Did you see what Jack Smith had said? What 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 um, he had said about Donald Trump? How uh, he can incite supporters to go and kill political opposition if he were allowed to a be president and b allowed to speak at the next State of the Union that he would use the State of the Union to to put out a call to kill Democrat politicians. I mean, this is crazy. That's crazy messaging to a very sick, mentally ill uh, country. And so, yeah, it's uh, who the hell knows you want to talk about unpredictable. Yeah. And at the same time, we're entrenched in war in a way that we haven't been in a long time. And uh, Israel uh, and Palestine, no matter where you lie on that conflict. And I don't think that we've discussed it yet, but uh, the fact of the matter is, 
Uh, again, no matter where you lie in that issue, U.S. Special Forces happen to be training in Israel on the day of the attack. If you're not questioning why the Iron Dome failed or why the response took so long and then was so lackluster and then the propaganda after that, you need to be. And on top of that, you know, that's not defending one side or the other. The fact that we allowed Israel and really encouraged them to shut off the power, stop food production, energy uh, coming into uh, that region as they were carpet bombed. I mean, that's an international war crime. And if we escalated to the point where, again, the Middle East pops off, Russia pops off into a place where there are attacks here or in Europe somewhere, anything's possible. I mean, we've talked about China. China's economy is failing. Whenever you've had these first world nations or global players with failing economies, nothing like a war to boost that economy. And look, we've just endured three plus years with the most outward zombie puppet out there. And we talked about laptops and we talked about the Justice Department withholding information. They took it one step further with Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and really Joe Biden himself, because his name is throughout the uh, laptop on all sorts of crooked business dealings. Let's be honest about that. And Trump's Justice Department had that laptop. Bill Barr's Justice Department had that laptop. And Bill Barr has claimed ignorance and said that the Justice Department internally lied to him about what was on it. But that's a bunch of Johnny nonsense. And anybody paying attention should know that. And when I say they took it one step further, you had people like John Brennan and others, um, all these establishment types, Woolsey, et cetera, come out and say that that laptop, which they knew was genuine, had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. I know. So yeah, we're at a powder keg, man. Yeah. <laughs> we're here. So I really hope that this Epstein thing does uh, hold some more accountability because you're talking about factions and whether there's one cabal. Uh, I, I think it works much like the uh, mafia worked and still does work. It, it, you know, they'll sit down. There are certain rules. They have certain things carved up. But at the end of the day, each little faction is vying for their piece of the pie and wanting to be at the top of the heap. You know, we, we talked a little bit about the fashion industry. You know, these people that think that they're totally invincible, people that aren't really at the top of the heap, don't come from like generational bloodlines, they'll burn you. They burned Epstein. They burned Ghislaine Maxwell. Seems Wexner was a little too high. He was able to survive when people like Nygaard didn't survive. And Peter Nygaard, here's a guy in the fashion industry. Here's a guy into eugenics. And that was another aspect of Epstein. Remember, he had the baby making ranch mm -hmm. in which he wanted to have a race of Epsteins. You know, there's actually cloning talk talked about at the New, New Mexico ranch. And for those that think that that is like some kind of conspiracy theory, that is as mainline as it gets. 20 women at a time being impregnated by the super Epsteins. Yeah. Well, Peter Nygaard wanted to live forever. So he didn't just want to create like a soup, like he already had son, a son who actually turned on him because of all the evil shit he was doing, Frank. But as evil as that got, this guy was impregnating not just women, but girls as young as 14 had his own island, by the way, everybody, uh, drugging and raping them in many instances, then forcibly making them have abortions. Then taking that aborted fetal tissue and having it turned into stem cells, he would inject into his own body. Yep. He 
had a court case in which he was finally convicted, uh, and now he may be extradited to the United States for yet more crimes. Claude Hadid is another person in the 80s that was running these modeling agencies where they would take 15, 16, 17-year-old girls, put them into dormitory-type environments, cut them off from communications with their parents, and basically pawn them off on rich individuals they wanted influence over. Jean-Luc Brunel, who is in the photographs with Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell on the Lolita Express, uh, and also in the fashion industry, he was charged with crimes. He was put in prison. And I believe it's almost a year ago now, but within the last year, committed suicide in that prison in Spain. Well, now, well, well, well uh, before we get to Weinstein, what, what about that incredible um, attempt that Jeffrey Epstein made to send a letter to Larry Nasser before he died? That, and for people that don't know that and who Larry Nasser is, Larry Nasser was somebody that, again, abused how many young girls we don't know in a system where young girls were brought to him via uh, athletic competition and the Olympic system. And yes, he did try to contact Nasser. From um from Metro in New York, it's pretty. I mean, some pretty weird and twisted stuff. It is, it is, and and there's no there's no end to the the names you could drop and in the, in the uh, and it's not it's not schizo to say hey you know th this there's 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 names everywhere it all connects. Well, I mean, hey, uh, it, it's true. I I don't have these people in my life life. I don't have these type of people in my life. Uh, it, it you can form a very very different kind of diagram if you base personnel on my life or Jason Burmes's life. You can form a very very different kind of diagram. The people, their beliefs, what they do on the weekend for fun, things like that. So it's like you know the whole birds of a feather thing does apply. And you know there's other weird. Um, Obviously, you can take this wherever you'd like for the next couple of minutes that we have together. But there's other very odd things that that pop up along the way, and it's in new media. Um, obviously, things are very, very tightly controlled. All the information very controlled in uh, in in um, in uh, legacy media. But when it comes to these podcasts and things that people do, and they are a little bit more candid, and they talk to those who have been in the system for a while, entertainers. I don't know if you saw, um, I don't know if you saw that that episode back in November or early December that it was getting around, but Whitney Cummings was, sat down with that that woman, uh, what the hell's her name, Taryn Manning. She, she uh, was in that, that orange is the new black thing. Anyway, they sat down for a while, and... There's a two-minute clip that really went nowhere because it, it was kind of awkward but incredible. And, for, of course, Whitney Cummings just didn't see an opportunity to actually talk about something important, so she just made a couple of fucking jokes and it was all done. But this woman, Taryn Manning, is talking about gold juice and uh, and being on the inside of uh, of Hollywood circles. And and if you really want the success, you can you could drink the serum, the gold juice, uh, what people think, well, gold juice, what is that? Is that just another name for plasma? Are we talking about adrenochrome again or something like that? These, you know, very, you know, you bring up Peter Nygaard. You, I mean, you were essentially talking about vampiric tendencies. We're talking about people, you know, the Sandra Bullocks of the world that that like to have baby foreskin cells beaten into their faces. We we saw we saw in, uh, where was it, in, in South Korea or something, that, that huge shipment 
of of uh, powderized uh, fecal, I don't know, a fetal uh, tissue that was put into pills. Uh, there's so much this really crazy shit that's going on, and it it rears its head in very strange ways now that media is so decentralized that people can tell stories that they may have thought were uh, uninteresting or insignificant at times, but it, uh, it, it ends up being really uh, fascinating circumstantial evidence to, again, an unseen world that seems to permeate everything. Well, when you talk about, for instance, these injections, you know, you said gold juice. I, I don't know exactly what that is, but I do know that there's a tendency for these people to seek immortality, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that's what Nygaard was doing. And when we talk about Epstein and you, you kind of talk about some of these individuals that have the, the bigger podcasts and what directions they go in, we have to remember that Steve Bannon sat down really? with Epstein, actually put a trailer out for the monsters. Um, and he's supposedly sitting on 15 to 18 hours of these tapes on Epstein. Remember this is before he gets, arrested in the case but what he did release um was talking about uh you have a, an island and then jeffrey epstein goes two islands now one of the islands have been pretty popularized and another island apparently has not been talked about and then steve bannon retorts with islands of dr moreau and he says that is correct and that is a reference to genetic engineering and chimeric research so, you know, you wonder why a Minsky is involved or a Hawking is there or a Bill Gates is there. And, you know, one of the things that kind of slid by this year about Bill Gates, because it didn't have a direct Epstein connection, uh, but something I think should have been focused on more, is the fact that one of his mistresses was a foreign 20-year-old chess player. Now, obviously, uh, that is somebody of a legal age, et cetera, et cetera. But it shows that he had a penchant for much younger women, and that uh, young woman wouldn't have even been able to drink le legally in this country. And I believe that affair took place when he was well into his 50s, and it was facilitated uh, by playing bingo with another great human being, uh, Warren Buffett. Mm. Now, Warren Buffett, his name doesn't come up directly in the Franklin scandal. But there is, and this is by Nick Bryant, by the way, but there is a book called The Franklin Cover-Up, which is the predecessor to this, uh, and it's by John DeCamp. And Warren Buffett's name does come up, Frank. Now, I'll let people uh, take what they will from that, but you know, some people in this playbook want to pose as a sweet old man in a sweater having some ice cream. And boy, did Bill Gates learn that playbook from Buffett. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people learning from each other, and that, I guess that's the the other the other thing that is so um, it makes you wonder where we're all going, is that there is no head of the Hydra. Well, I should say there's multiple heads of the Hydra, and every time you cut one off, two more comes up. You know, uh, there's been quite a few, quite a few headlines over the last couple of weeks about how uh, George Soros hasn't been leaving his house. Is he in? Uh, you know, is he dying? Is it something going on there? You say, well, every life, everybody has to meet their maker at some point. And uh, I, I think that you, you you follow somebody like George Soros around for so for so long uh, that you, you tend to, to start thinking that, oh, only the wicked get to live so long. But that's not true. In his case, 
It is true, but it's not true for all people. And regardless, whether he lived to 105 or just 35, he has progeny. I mean, he has a he has a son that is just as plugged in to everything his father built. We talk about Kissinger finally exiting off the stage. Uh, they have a legacy. They did a lot, and they made sure that they are going to live on in new generations, whether they know who their master is or not. So uh, what do you say maybe in closing, uh, where do we go? Where do we go from here? Keeping Epstein in, in, uh, in frame, you know, we started off by saying everything that we saw really isn't very new. I, I was thinking that last night when I, cause I got off, I got off air. I knew that just about 10 minutes before I went live last night, um, all this stuff started dropping. So I said, let me see what happens at nine o'clock when I get off. And I knew that you would be on tonight anyway. So we would be covered, but oh, I'm reading some of these, these, uh, excerpts and I'm saying to myself, especially like the, the, the section that pretty much, um, clears Trump of any wrongdoing of any of this. It's like, I, I know I read this years ago. I know I read this year. So what was new? And, if we start getting into that, that whole cycle there, we'll be chasing our tail forever. So my question is, where do you think on this end, knowing what the injustice system is really capable of and what they're really focused on, what do we do as citizen journalists and just concerned citizens, concerned human beings, what do we do to help bring about uh, some kind of uh, what we hope to be one day justice for the... Um, the, the crimes against humanity that have been that have been so normalized in these these circles. Yeah, we have to be, become the great resistance to this great reset agenda, which is really just repackaged new world order bullshit that's been perpetrated by this same kind of clique that we've talked about for a long time. You know, we've talked about the World Economic Forum on this program. Well, Glenn Maxwell's family still heavily involved in the World Economic Forum. Uh, I think we need to keep trying to push. The, the narrative towards the truth and into the mainstream um, just a couple hours ago. And I haven't watched it yet. Tucker Carlson did almost a 30 minute piece on Epstein's death and why Bill Barr uh, was the key person to help cover up what actually occurred, actually interviewing Jeffrey Epstein's brother. I believe it's Mark Epstein. That's huge. You know, again, I was ahead of the game on Bill Barr and that cover up story. In fact, that's something I focused on the first day. I was on InfoWars. Um, I also think that we've got to put people in power um, like Vivek Ramaswamy. If, in fact, he's the real deal. He's talking like he's the real deal. Is he perfect? No. But he's not only giving a spirit of hope. He's giving actual solutions and talking about decimating the very institutions that are off-limit and off, off I'm sorry, often aggrandized. Uh, by mainstream politicians like Haley and DeSantis, the FBI, the CIA, et cetera. No, they have to be eviscerated. They need to be held accountable. Uh, we need to find some type of criminal accountability for those that have committed uh, mass murder in this country and abroad, literal genocide. And, and really only then are, are we going to be able to take back this country and call it uh, even a reflection of the constitutional republic uh, we once were. But what I like about Vivek is he has that second American revolution attitude like, hey, this is it. You know, we, we've got our chance now. Everybody's saying, oh, well, you know, you want to you want to live in this time period or that time period. Most of us just wanted to be left alone and live our lives. 
But sorry, guys, that's not how this this works, and that's not not how it's worked throughout history. So, you know, I know that Team Humanity's got a huge boost recently, but I've been talking about Team Humanity for years, and that's what we have to become. We can't allow ourselves to be openly hypocritical, have cognitive cognitive dissonance in our lives all the time. Uh, we've got to look in the mirror and be as honest with ourselves as we possibly can and then project that honesty onto others. And we've got to work hard, man. We've got the blueprints and the layouts for a true, free, and fair society, more so than has ever been seen in history. We've got the technology. We've got the resources. But unfortunately, we do have a corrupt class that feel the predator class that feels like they are beyond reproach. And every time we just claw up a little bit, they'll burn somebody on the outside, but that plan just keeps moving forward. Well, I got to believe that at some point um, we're going to overtake that plan. And uh, you know, again, what that means, I'm not sure, but I, I do know that all these people do have an expiration date, even if they are trying to find uh, the fountain of youth or live forever. Uh, I'm of the firm belief you get one shot at the title, and at the end of the day, yeah, George Soros isn't going to be with us forever, but neither am I. So what are we going to put out there for everybody else? And at the very least, we need to put out the fighting spirit of freedom so a free humanity in some way, shape, or form can flourish in this millennia. Great. Very, very well said. And, you know, I guess the last thing I, I question as you're talking about this before I'm talking and you're talking about accountability and you're talking about just really being able to dig down deep. And again, it's it's what I really focus on these days too, reconnecting with our own humanity and uh, and really forming better relationships with ourselves, our communities, our families. Um, what exactly, I would have to ask this about accountability though, where did all of these lists of celebrities, these long lists of celebrities come from when it comes to uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the, the flight logs, long lists of A-list celebrities, where do they come from? They are shared a couple times a week for the last 10 years. Where do they come from? Is uh, I, I, I need to know. From the bullshit department. Now, e now this is either from uh, online trolls that just get off on shit posting and they put together a list and be like, ah, ha, ha, that went viral and they get to, you know, uh, LOL with their buddies on some backdoor message board, IRC chat or Discord, or uh, as I think is part of it, created by intelligence or at least promoted by intelligence. You know, one of the things uh, that went mega viral during the quote-unquote Pizzagate scenario was this fake menu that was basically having you order horrific things of children, and then that gets associated with something like the Podesta email we read. Um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel going around, well, that doesn't um, negate the fact that, yeah, other celebrities such as Copperfield, Spacey, and now even Michael Jackson had some association with Epstein. So, you know, I think it's important to keep fact from fiction. In fact, Leonardo DiCaprio, there's a huge megastar. Uh, he wasn't on the flight logs, and we don't know whether he was at the island, uh, but Epstein did have his phone number on speed dial, okay? So so once again, why is it that that guy is never focused on with Epstein? A ask yourself the real questions. Why is it um, that the celebrities that get ensnared in this and the things said about them are so consistently wrong, like Oprah and... Uh, 
who is the other Ellen DeGeneres? They're going to prison, and Tom Hanks has been arrested. It's all—it's all going down. Ah! And these are the people that are involved, and yet we've got plenty of other A-listers. Hell, we just scrolled through just the A's in that Intelligencer article, and who did we have? Woody Allen and Alec Baldwin—pretty big names, Frank. Oh, not only that, but I mean, do you just think about the the, the man uh, who has been able to cash in on the on the uh, the one of the greatest attacks on on free humanity in the last hundred some odd years, if not the greatest ever with COVID Bill Gates, he, he had a, a chief science officer was a backup estate executor. Uh, what, what was that guy's name again? We're talking about one of his science officers was an, was an executor to, to uh, uh, Epstein's estate. Of course, there was a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of, you know, hand washing at the end saying I had nothing to do with it, all that other shit. But I mean, we're, how how much more important, how much more A-list do you get than Bill Gates, especially over the last seven to eight years? Uh, I mean, we have some computer, so, so-called computer nerd that is uh, that is prescribing uh, injectables for half of the world. I, I mean, just it's it's crazy. But like you said. Like you said, there's plenty of big names out there that need to be pursued. But I always wonder, where did all these other lists come from? Because I know you've seen them. I've seen them, too. Sometimes they come along with a a uh, you know, photocopy of a, a pencil sketch. I, I, I don't know. And I never, I never really could find anything to it. But people are very attached to those lists, and it becomes the, the whole reason for fighting sometimes. And... Uh, I guess however you get to the party, you get to the party. But when you flash that to somebody and it turns out to not be true, uh, it really does negate a lot of the good work that needs to be done. And there is a lot of good work that needs to be done. I absolutely agree. And that's why I'm hoping that all you guys listening out there that are uh, looking to be your own hero, are looking to be your own investigator, dig down deep. See what you can find. I guarantee if it's valid and it's new, if you present it to the right people, it will get out there. Because at the end of the day, all my work, you know what? I'm going to die, like I said, Frank. Hopefully my work is not. You know, hopefully Invisible Empire, Loose Change Final Cut, Fable Enemies, and Shade the Motion Picture, they're going to live long after Jason Burmas. They definitely will. And thank you for coming on again tonight, man. I can't wait for the uh, the rest of the year. You got to stop in from time to time because there's going to be no shortage of things to talk about. You got it, my man. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, go follow Jason Burmas. He's on Twitter. He, Jason, what, what's the uh, the best URL for, to go for everybody to go to? Um, if you go follow me on X or Twitter, at Jason Burmas, and uh, I do a nightly show on ampnews.us, 6 p.m. Eastern is making sense of the madness. There you go. There you go. Follow him. He is always working, and he'll be back. Don't worry about that. Thank you again, sir. Thank you. All right, and that was a successful test of our new calling system over here. It was a little weird at first because um, Jason was waiting in the lobby for 10 minutes, but I couldn't see him. And then finally, he just popped up on screen and said, well, where the hell did you come from? Anywho. That's what we have. I'm going to take a really quick break. Then it's just going to be you guys and gals. We are about 10 minutes behind. I had to do a little bit of stalling in the first half, but uh, there's a lot of you out there I want to talk to. What do you think about this situation? What do you think about Jason's call? 914-200-0269. Get your phones all nice and warmed up. It's going to be a very, very quick break. Don't go anywhere. 
Lulu had a baby, she named him Tiny Tim. She put him in the piss pot to teach him how to swim. He swam to the bottom, he swam to the top. Lulu got excited and pulled him by his cocktail ginger ale. Five cents a glass, if you don't like it, just shove it up your ass. Ask me no more questions, I'll tell you no more lies. A man got hit with a bag of shit, and that's the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten YouTube video links from French Fries. Says watch in order. Who's on the phone? Did you just hear that? Did you hear that? Was that a fart? Yes. And who's on the phone? That was Mike's. Who's on the phone? Zidals in New York. Every Tuesday and Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Live from Zidalza Entertainment Network. Visit www.zidalza.net. You're watching Quite Frankly TV. Quite Frankly TV. You're watching Quite Frankly. Quite Frankly. Quite Frankly. Quite Frankly. Quite Frankly. Quite Frankly. Quite Frankly TV. You're watching Quite Frankly TV. Quite frankly, dot TV. Quite frankly, dot TV. All right. Yeah, that was a. Over here, I got a lot of different archives of stuff over here at home. So you just got a. That was a very old clip of us. That was actually from a. Oh my gosh, those two. Uh, that clip of Mike farting. That was probably from 2007, 2008 or something. That was just from upstairs. Man, it was in a bedroom upstairs. Now I'm in a, uh, in, in a closet downstairs over here in Studio B. That was a long time ago. It's crazy. 2008-2018. Everything just keeps flying by, doesn't it? All right, let's take a call. Caller 732, you're on the air. Who is this? Hey, Frank, it's uh, Chris from the Berkshires. Hey, Chris, how you feeling? Doing well, man. Doing well. Great, great guest. Happy New Year, of course. Happy New Year. And everybody out there. Um, awesome, awesome call. The guy's got more knowledge about it. It's, it's, you know, I don't know when you plan having Jason Burmis on, but the fact that it fell at this time could not have worked out better. If, you know, I, I can't remember exactly when you said you booked him, but either way, um, the guy obviously knows his shit, knows it back hand, like the back of his hand. Um, I, my biggest concern is, is, is thinking about the people that are behind the curtain, right? The people that are behind the curtain have every ability to change the news cycle. And we know exactly what I'm saying. You know, if this gets any type of traction or people start to really look at this or people really start to bring it up and ask questions, you, you know, I remember when $2.3 trillion went missing, you know, and what did we talk about the next day? Because it sure as shit wasn't $2.3 trillion that went missing, you know? So, for me, it's 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 quasi exciting, you know. It's 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 awesome to be you know almost vindicated or, or you know shown that you've been you're, you're not crazy, you know. You knew this was coming down the line, and and you know whatever it was. But at the same time, the people and the powers that be have 
an incredible ability to take something and pivot it on a dime and say, we're not talking about that anymore. We're now talking about this. And there's plenty of stuff out there right now that, that they could use to just turn it on and say, we're not really worried about that right now. We're worried about Hamas or we're worried about this, you know? And, and I mean, ultimately that's just how I think about it. And I mean, like I said, it's great to see that it came to fruition, but at the same time, I got my head on a swivel and I, you know, just try to make sure that be ready for anything, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I understand what you're saying there, Chris, and I appreciate the call. I want to get more on this because I, I under, I, I, I expect people to be coming from your standpoint. Well, Hey, what, where are we going from here? And what, what should we expect next? If there's just too much disclosure, but, my whole question is my main line with uh, with Jason was going to be tonight was, hey, well, what's missing? What would be incredible disclosure? Incredible disclosure would be, hey, what the hell are on all of the media that was seized by the FBI? Uh, aside from the fact the FBI had already um, had a very, very thorough investigation completely scuttled. And we got to that. If you go to quitefrankly.tv, and many of you are on there right now, and up on the top of the screen, you have the blog section. Well, from May 11th, 2023, it should be in the, on the first page. You'll see this in the Zeller Operation Leap Year. That we syndicated the timeline of events that Frank and Jim Zell had taken and put together here. Um, we syndicated their blog from inthezeller.com. And this was the Epstein plea deal timeline and Operation Leap Year. And that was a federal investigation. It started off in Miami. It expanded out across state lines. It, it, it covered New Mexico. It covered Florida. I believe New York and the Caribbean. Um, it, it was all there. And it just went away. It went away. So, I mean, there's an incredible timeline there for you. None of that is being revisited. There, uh, the the transcripts that we got, there are things that we've read before. And if you really take a look at what's going on in the media right now, I mean, obviously there are people who are taking it deeper. If you if you tune into shows like Jason Burmis's show or Infowars or something like that, you're going to be brought to 20,000 leagues below the sea deep. But the average person that is fighting right now on, on Twitter is trying to one-up each other with whether or not their particular political party has a person that should be put in jail right now. Everybody was just waiting to see what Trump was guilty of, which if you know anything about this, you already know we've, and we've seen the transcript before. We know about Brad Edwards and his cooperation with, with oh, Trump's cooperation, actually his volunteering information to Brad Edwards. We know about all this stuff. So we knew that there wasn't going to be anything in there that said, oh, Trump was at the island and he was raping girls. We knew that that wasn't happening. But the average person, if they were paying attention at all, they just wanted to see if it was a get Trump uh, situation. And what were they all doing to pretend like they are so uh, you know, fair-minded and, and just, just have principles and want to make sure that justice is done? They're willing to give you Bill Clinton. A violent rapist yet, yes, absolutely, that they all kind of generally still like, but he has long since expired in his political usefulness. 
And they are all just so, so fair-minded. Obviously, if Bill Clinton committed a crime, he should be put in jail. Well, he committed perjury when he was in office. What about that? Oh, he was useful back then. Now, of course, we can put we can put uh, you know the skeleton of Bill Clinton in jail. But of course, if Donald Trump, would you agree? If Donald, like the the bargaining that is going on right now. So I, I listen. If there was a string to be pulled, I'd love to see it pull get pulled. But um, we have seen, and I want to bring on another guest sometime soon. I, I definitely want to bring on another guest sometime soon. His name is Nick Bryant, and Nick has done a lot of work, not only on the uh, the Epstein Black Book, but also the Franklin scandal. And he comes at the Epstein situation from a standpoint of the lawyers are a big-time problem in the reason why there's no real disclosure. And that's not uh, very hard to see, because remember, every time we were finding, um, uh, every time we we turned a corner, I felt like it was either Lisa Bloom or her mother, Gloria Allred, was just sitting there and um, looking to snatch up clients that are either abused by Epstein or clients that wanted to uh, go out and 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 make claims against Donald Trump. These are all Clinton operatives. So it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I there's I don't think that they're breaking a sweat right now. Nobody's really knocking on any doors now. The one thing that does happen now that they're that Twitter is a a little bit more free. The screws have been unscrewed just a little bit than they were about a year and a half ago. Uh, every time that that um, Epstein pops up, there is a flood of people getting a crash course on what the hell, the who, what, where, why, when is. The Mossad connection, CIA, um, just, j- j- you just get to see here how in the hierarchy of things that the FBI director really doesn't have any sway in how things go across the world. It's it's huge. We're talking about royal families and uh, and and prime ministers, and it's huge. So that is something that's great because every time that this does get a little bit of um, a little bit of traction and the name is just brought up, then a crash course for a lot of people happen. Uh, I, you know, especially in the last couple of weeks, and some since people like Alex Jones have come back to Twitter, uh, all of the Infowars the classic um, movies are up there. And I think that Alex Jones produced, helped produce Invisible Empire for Jason Burmis. You know, all, all of those movies that we used to be able to just watch on YouTube for free all those years before the crackdown and the purges, they're just floating around Twitter right now. And they're getting tens of millions of views. That's great. That's always a good thing. But other than that, I don't think anybody's really sweating there's no th- nothing new coming out. Uh, let's take some calls, though. 914-200-0269. Tomorrow's Friday. We'll be able to... I have a lot of random stuff that come in through through the email. Random um, topics that we've been covering over the last week. It's going to be a good night tomorrow night just to kick back and relax. Stow Stoop says, Frank, Franklys Franciscans. Short, po- short pause here. Oh, short pause here. Like Joe Biden over here. Be as well as you can be. Love the Quite Frankly family. Thank you so much, Stostube. Jay Britz, 
Live from Studio B. Yes. I like Studio B. I got to get a little bit used to it. But it's really just going to be a, a fallback location for bonus broadcasts and also inclement weather. So there's that. Uh, Frank Zell, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Frank. How Happy you doing? New Year, bud. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How you doing? Uh, hanging in there. Just let me uh, let me get my uh, other half on the phone here. Oh, we're gonna have both of them on, Frank and Jim. I just mentioned them right now. Okay, Jim. Hey, Frank. Hey. All right. You're Jim. on here. Jim, Frank. Hey, guys. Frank, Jim. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. So uh, th this this show tonight was definitely up your alley. I Just a couple of minutes ago, I was referencing the timeline that you guys put together for the Epstein plea deal and Operation Leap Year being scuttled. Um, now, here we are. So what do you want to talk about? Let's, uh, I, I can't wait to hear what you think. Jim, you seem to be ranting before well, about it. Go ahead. Well, what are you talking about regarding... Um... Well, I agree with you, Frank. I don't think there's anything, you know, new per se uh, coming out with these reports other than some, you know, a little more detail. You know, a lot of it seems to be recycled information, mm. at least, you know, maybe there's going to be new information because I hear right now there's more pages being looked at, more pages dropping. So maybe there's going to be more information. But a lot of, a lot of this information is seems to be recycled. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, you know, am I shocked that Bill Clinton went to the island? I mean, <laughs> I mean we didn't we I all know. know this years ago? Yeah. I mean, how, how exciting is that news? Everybody knows he went there multiple times. This is years old. Um, I think the bigger story, you know, the, the bigger point is, is that, you know, you have, you know, it's all about blackmail. Yes, that's the it's not, it's not so much about who's on the list. And if they did com commit crimes, they should be held accountable. Yes, we all agree with that. But it's the point that our government, our agencies, blackmail people. That's what we do. It's the whole thing runs on it's, blackmail. It's the system itself. It's not, it's like, I mean, people will call us, oh, you're black filled or whatever the term is. When you fully comprehend how this system works, there is no other pill but black pill. There is no finding resistance in government, a pocket here, a pocket there. That's not the way it's designed. The whole thing is built on blackmail, mutual assured destruction. Right. This is how they, this is why it keeps going on. There is no stopping it. You can't. It's, it is so fiendishly, but yet, it's genius by its design. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you about this. Let me ask you about that then, because when you say mutually assured destruction, uh, we are talking about we're talking about two separate entities or more than two separate entities that have leverage on each other and are willing to use that to be able to maintain an acceptable balance of power there. So uh, my question that I asked Jason, that I asked you guys is um, and then you can go and branch off on this however you'd like. Uh, how do you see this world? How how much of a multipolar world do we have? Because if uh, there can't just be one central hub of all collected blackmail, it seems like there are multiple independent interests that are in the game and competing against each other. Sometimes they have 
uh, common interests. Other times they are mortal enemies. But I, I wouldn't be able to put a face and a name to all of them. But how do you guys see this, um, this, this, this hierarchy? Uh, regard, regarding the hierarchy, it's like an example of that. You know, the Clintons are a great example of that. You know, Bill Clinton is being um, exposed. You know that he, he, you know he's uh, been to the island multiple times. Um, you know, um, underage girls, all of that. But yet, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton have their um, little cachet of uh, information that they collected when Bill was in office during Pro 2. Yeah. I mean, they had information on who? Dennis Hastert. Denny Hastert. They had him on, they had him under their thumb. They allowed him to stay. They, they had the information that Dennis Hastert was having parties. They, the FBI knew that they weaponized that they kept him in office because they had him, they, they, they had him compromised. And the Clintons were more than willing to use it. So they had their own. I think it's just multiple parties have their own blackmail. You know, they'll use it here. They'll use it there. Maybe they have a little more on you than you have on them. You know, and they'll go, and they'll go to war with each other. You know, like, you know, the Obamas and the Clintons, they, they're not friends. They're political, you know, they're political enemies within the same party. But what you're talking about, Frank, you're talking about like global. Yeah. You know, does this stuff go on in other countries? Yep. Are the powers that be in these other countries connected to the powers that be in uh, that are in this country? I'm sure it is, and I'm sure when it all is now, you know, is it like one big club, like you know the Bilderbergs, or you know, or, or smaller clubs like the Club of Rome, or like you know, pick whatever club you want. You know, but I think I think they're linked. I think it's in a spiritual fashion. Mm. They they have different agendas. Maybe one group wants to be in in control, and then evil group B will go after evil group A because they want to be in control. But at the end of the day, we're the ones that suffer. Yeah, and they just get to do whatever they want. But I believe what links them all together is a spiritual link so a spiritual uh yes yeah, it's, it's it's like a spiritual party for them is that a That's, so when you say spiritual at that point are are you mm-hmm. is it really just the um a spiritual malady like lust lust for lust for power for status for uh any other kind of carnal vice that there is um because there, there's just I wonder what the hell it really. I mean, maybe there are people that are that just crazy with the SJW leftism nonsense, and they actually think that that this kind of barbarism is a way to stabilize society and bring equity to the world. But on the other hand, there has to be plenty of people who just see this as as long as you are rude, you are going to be able to find a way to enrich yourself in ways you never thought possible. And then the most vicious, you know, dog eat dog kind of a scenario actually yields the most fruit. Is it just that? Is it just lust driven when you say spiritual, or are we talking something a little bit more religious, a little bit more uh, ritual? Uh, uh, more, more religious, whether it be Satanism okay. or something. You know, I truly believe. You know, now, now you know you can pick whatever group you want. You know, 
Freemasons, Illuminati, or, you know, dozens and dozens of others that you can pick. I, I believe it's satanic. You know, I, I believe these people think they can, you know, because, you know, when you like look at the financial system, how it was created, you know, the creating of the Federal Reserve, they knew what they were doing. And once implemented the true fruits of that system, they knew they would never look to see. But they all, but, but they, but they worked together to see this uh, system grow and get started, so that other, so so that we'll all have it down the line. But they would never see the true benefits of that system, and it's like that in many different areas. These people are working to, together to achieve things that they're that they're not going to live to to see it all come out, but yet they're doing it. So why are they doing it? It's and true. it's not for it's not for the betterment of humanity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, 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 the financial system to me is is like the best example. It's, I mean, just look at it, like at, at the design that they have put into place with that system. They created the system, the Federal Reserve, and they knew, you know, the Keynesian system of economics was always going to fail. It does fail. It it cannot last. They know this. So, and these men were, you know, these people are very, very smart. And I always wind up coming back to this. For the last, I don't know, 50, 50 years or so, they, the move towards digital is real. So you think all these, these brilliant evil men concoct this genius plan, and then some anonymous Japanese guy defeats them all by creating Bitcoin. Are, you, are people out there that naive? To think that that's not part of it, you don't think this, that that's a CIA or an intelligence thing. And then when it when it first came on the you know the scene in 2011, it's it's to prep us. Oh yeah, Bitcoin's gonna be our savior from the evil Keynesian system. You are delirious. You don't even know who created it. That's a red flag number one. Well, the same could be said about the internet. Just the just I, here we are. We're sitting on the internet. It's going to be the savior. It's going to be the you know, and a uh, we'll be able to get access to any kind of any kind of information necessary. We can bring the third world into the fore of the uh, of the the, de the developed world, and it's going to it's going to bring so much accountability to to media and this and that. And then, of course, it, um, it, it just becomes a, a digital slum and also a da data collection on everybody. I mean, it's just collecting data both involuntarily and voluntarily. If you're not just uh, using your, your device in a place that tracks every step that you take um, and, and, and not knowing about it, then people are just willfully spilling the, every thought that passes through their mind. Uh, uh, into one text field or another, and uh, and there you have it. So I, I, I guess you can say about everything, but yeah. when it comes to currency, yes. Uh, when it comes to world economic situations, there too, yes. It goes back to last night what I was talking about with Corey, Corey Diggs, uh, and bringing up Elon Musk again. And man, if I had brought up Elon Musk tonight, I'd still be on with Jason because he would have been. He he wouldn't have stopped. He wouldn't have stopped <laughs> ranting. But you know, when when Elon Musk says that the the X app, the app for everything, 
uh, it can one day, if all of his plans turn out just the way he wants it, account for more than half of the global financial system. That is a very, uh, that's a huge statement to make. And obviously that is going to be digital in nature, but my gosh, you're talking about trillions. I can't even, I mean, it's going to come. It's coming. Now, if we're going to see it in our lifetimes, maybe that we get, I mean, see it fully enforced. Like that's it. Like cash does no longer exist. Maybe we'll get to see it. Maybe we won't, but probably definitely during, uh, your child's lifetime, she'll probably get to, to see it. Once they have that, freedom is over. That's it. That's the last fashion is your money, what you can spend it on. And once they take that away and they can possibly control how you spend your money, that's it. You're a slave. And this whole Bitcoin thing is the prepping for us to be excited about a system that is going to be used to enslave us once it's really here. And it won't be Bitcoin and it won't be Ethereum. It'll be whatever they're going to come up with, but it'll be digital. But then all freedom is gone. So, well, I think you guys have, uh, you've really uh, put a stark spin on what's already very stark. I mean, I, I still, well, well, Frank, you know, and I, I like Jason Vermis a, a lot. I and, do, yeah. Um, and I like it how he, you know, being citizen and uh, journalists and being investigators and and digging into this stuff and seeing how how you know what you can find. But you know, I I, I kind of chuckled when he said, you know, you know, if the stuff you find and you dig down deep and you look into this stuff and it's legit, you get it into the right hands, and you know, you can do some damage. You know, just on a micro level, you know, my brother and I with the Ramsey case, it took us 27 years of research, of investigation, until finally somebody took it and ran with it and aired it. So, yeah, keep digging and look into stuff. But it's like it, it is hard to get people to see something for what it is and to acknowledge like, hey, this is new. And this is important. And it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. But it, ta- it takes a lot of time. It's not something that happens overnight. That's for darn sure. No, no, it doesn't. But, you know, I, I do think that, again, it's comforting for people to sit back, sit around. I know that this, this is not the, uh, the, the happiest of topics. Although, you know, what's, what's happening right now is not necessarily devastating. It's, it's something that we've just known about. And we're trying to make sense of whether or not there is a, uh, a a little something new to digest and a little something new to learn from it all. And I don't so I I don't necessarily find this to be a very depressing topic tonight. I think it's uh it's good to to really refresh and to get a to remind ourselves of the the, the depth and the scope of what kind of operations are are going on here and how much of an influence that has really on on the world that we live in. But um, you know, it's uh, I find it comforting to sit back and, and take calls and know that there are thousands of people who watch and listen and are all having the same conversation either in their heads with us or they're emailing and uh, texting and, and chatting. And uh, at least it's not a lonely ride. 
uh, it, it may not be the, the the brightest, but but we've got choices to make along the way, and it, and and at least we we now know verifiably so we are not alone. So uh, that that's good, no? Oh no, it's 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 very good. I mean, look, I have that mindset when it comes to government. Like, I'm a Christian man at the end of the day. This is how God wants it. The prince of the power of the air is Satan. He's in charge of this of things here for, for a time. I got to live through it. I don't got to like it. It can be depressing. You know, with government, there is no hope to change things. You're not going to, you know, uh, Vivek is not going to be elected president. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to matter. But what, but, but the flip side of that is why do I still do what I do? If I'm so jaded and I say, oh, there is no hope. Why do I do it? I still want to wake people up. If, I can still have that effect on people. I've been doing it for 30 years. Started with my friends when, you know, and I got a lot of them on board, opened their eyes. This is what you're doing, but on a, on a huge scale, you teach, you wake people up to things, to ideas that they didn't have before. And they get to open their eyes to the truth. That's why you do it. It's, it's like you fight to keep the truth alive. To, whether it be history, economics, how the government really operates, and if you can shake people, and then, you know, now that's that little flicker of hope. If enough people wake up, every now and then I get that flicker, but then I realize, you know, we exist online because we, you know, on Twitter, everybody has the same people that they follow. We're in our own little space. So like it's it's our it's like a circle we we you know we just shout the truth at each other but we are severe, severely outmanned you know there's we are in the minority maybe not as bad as it was like in the 80s and the 70s and parts of the 90s but we are still the people who know what the hell's going on and the way things are working and the way the world really works we are vastly outnumbered we are the minority and that kind of makes you want to fight so because you want to get as many people on board with you as you can so it's called i I think that's comforting it is comforting and in those um in in those carlos castaneda books they 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 talk a lot he talks a lot about the the warrior's folly and uh talks a lot in the from the standpoint and the perspective of the war, what makes a warrior, and and their mindset going out into the world every day, and of course the folly, uh, the, the greatest folly of all, is here we are waking up in a world that we know has been has been infected with a very very almost overwhelming darkness, and that at the end of it, no matter what we're supposed to be doing while we're here, and no matter what kind of impacts we really have. Um, we all, we always die at the end there too. Our life is limited. So not only are Mm -hmm. the chances of, uh, not only are the chances, uh, that we have of changing the way the world is, are very, is very slim, but the chances of getting out of this alive, uh, are, are nil. And yet the warrior wakes up every day in light of all of those odds stacked against them, and they still endeavor to create something beautiful and to make some sense out of the chaos around them and to become still 
a still figure in in a raging storm that has been raging far before we were born and will continue on after we're gone and that's the warrior's folly i mean there's there's a lot of different a lot of different um angles that they took in in um in really filling out that um that trope there and i and i really love it maybe we can jump into that tomorrow a little bit but that's what came to mind when you spoke a little bit. And I thank you both for calling in. Uh, Frank, Jim, anything you want to say uh, uh, leaving as far as any new work you got going on or or things you're working on? Jim? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm still here. Um, well, you know, we, we if, if you're interested and if your listeners are interested, Frank, in um, the, the Ramsey case and the stuff that we've looked at for over 27 years, uh, there was a podcast that we were interviewed for, and it was a true crime garage. And they interviewed us for um, several hours, and there's and they wound up airing a three-part uh, series called John Bonet uh, Poems and Pornography. And this is like what what you would like Jason Burmes was talking about: digging down, investigating, getting new information. I guarantee you, there is information about the Ramsey case you never heard of in this three-part series. And so if, you, if you're interested in the Ramsey case, you want to know a lot more about it and what was really going on uh, in the town of Boulder itself and, um, and what was happening at St. John's Church, which was the Ramsey's church, I would recommend that three-part series on True Crime Garage. Here it is. I'm putting it on the screen right now. There it is, True Crime Garage TV, Jean Benet, Poems and Pornography. That's part one. This is on, uh, this is on YouTube. And it's yeah, one it's, one of three. Yeah, all three parts. Yeah. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll, I'm going to um, I'm going to download these as well, and I'm gonna I'll, I'll ask the the creator if I can ask if I can uh, air them on the show. Maybe over the maybe I can air them over the weekend on the on the network or something like that. Just some after hours. We were pro- just we were just talking about that uh, before yeah. we called about hey you know maybe, maybe you should send the the, li- the links to Frank and maybe you know if he doesn't have anything programmed on quite frankly TV you know this will kill three hours absolutely no and <laughs> yeah I'd love to do it and I'm going to be taking a little bit more um, a little bit more of a uh, a personal control over some some after hour stuff. You know, like tonight, I don't have anything planned for after hours tonight, but uh, I want to put things up that are relevant to the night's discussions. Maybe this would have been it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll download the first one. You guys think it would be okay? Uh, can you? Uh, do you like have permission to share this as your own material too? If just to to speed up the process, I can download the first episode and just throw it up on an after hour stream as soon as I get off. And then we can do part two and three uh, throughout the weekend. Hey, I mean, we're fine with it. I mean, we, you know, we did the podcast, yeah, so we could get the information out. And I know you, Frank. We've talked about this for years, and I and I knew it was going to be like a huge undertaking to do it. It was it was even more work than I thought. We needed, you know, I slipped up a couple of times doing it, and thankfully for the editing process, certain names didn't make it to air. You know, because everybody, you know, I had to talk to, you know, defamation attorneys, a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be. But anyway, it it turned out well. It seems like they've gotten a, they've gotten pretty good, you know, reviews from everybody on it. Yeah, we have no problem. It's, it's for, we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for everybody to learn. Okay. That's all 
That's it. So, so you just got to throw it on there. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because yeah, I, I would have to imagine this is going to be pretty um, uh, pretty closely related to everything we're talking about tonight. It's just in different, different parts of the country. But we're talking similar things. And uh, so what I'll do is as soon as we get off here, I'll throw up part one. I just downloaded it right now real quick. I'll put up part one, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. And thank you guys so much for calling in. Oh, hey, thanks, thanks Frank. Thank you, Frank. All right. We appreciate it, that, Frank. Thanks. You got it. No problem. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Frank. All right. There's my good buddies, Frank and Jim. And you can find them on on Twitter. In the Zeller, I believe, is the, the, the joint account that they have. Let me just make sure. In the make sure. Yep, in the Zeller. Here it is. There it is up on screen. I-N-T-H-E-Z-E-L-L-A-R. Go check them out. And I and then they go, they just they shared all the John Bonet stuff right there. So you can watch it on your own. But I think after I get off, which is gonna be right now, I'm going to just throw that up and you guys will be able to watch it. So you just gotta give me about five minutes on quite frankly.tv. Don't go anywhere and That'll start up if you want to watch it. And that'll just be for an hour or so. And then I'll take that down and it will be up. Because I didn't have anything planned for tonight anyway. All right. Into the grab bag. Into the, uh, and I'll have to do the Whitney Cummings thing some of the time. The gold juice. I thought that was uh, very interesting. Very compelling stuff. At least anybody that's paying attention. Joe M. God bless the Franklies. Thank you. Donna Sar, Thank you. Pam D. Paulie. Uh, Filter Dog, Voice Blanc, uh, Halo Rider or Sallow Rider, uh, Railo Rider. I don't know how to pronounce this. Deplorable Farmer, great guest tonight. Thank you, Foxy Lady. Thank you so much. Porpoiseful, NJSF. There is a legend. It was common for Gates to hire prostitutes to fuel early Microsoft all nighters. Really. Bill Gates, huh? Gambera, Jesse, Foxy Lady, NJSF, Neo. What's going on? Neo, I'm sorry. Neo. Jason interviews and his research are perfect to share with normies. Thanks, Jason and Frank. Thank you, Neo. Thank you, Jesse. The Sentinel said, so when J. Edgar Hoover died, everyone go in. Uh, got in on the action. Great timing for your guest. Yeah. Everyone got in on the action. All right. And then a sleeve of cookies from Sean Joe. And that's all I got for you guys tonight. Uh, Car Guys New England said Bitcoin is an AI-created self-spreading neural network for something a lot bigger along the line. I think you have two brothers, two twin brothers with the last name Zell that would agree with you. All right. That's all I have for you tonight. Thank you guys and gals for so much. Tomorrow is Friday. I'll be back at Studio A possibly with Matt, and we'll be having a good time. And I'll do all the leftovers from tonight. So I'll see you then. Thanks for everything. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film of our live studio audience. And now our super chatter, starting with Car Guys New England, Stostube, Jay Brits, Nasty Coos, all of our wonderful gold pillars, and I have a 
I think it was 925 Wild G with the Rumble Rants before. So thank you guys and gals. I'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested in part one of Frank and Jim's John JonBenet Ramsey series, I'm going to be putting that live right now.